Welcome to The Generation Gap, presented by me, Claudia, and him, Clive. Hello. In this programme, we are going to explore the differences and similarities of being a teenager now and in the past generations. I am a 21st century girl. Clive is a baby boomer, meaning he was a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. What are the differences between our generations? We are going to try and find out. Hi everyone, today we are going to be talking about pink and purple and what the colours mean to us today within fashion or within our daily lives. Yes, now we're going to talk about um, colours in fashion terms and um, basically we reckon the main things to talk about is the colour pink. Now, I imagine you like pink, I've seen you wearing pink things. I absolutely love the colour pink. And is it your favourite colour perhaps? It is my favourite colour. Right. Now, I would like to suggest to you that the reason pink is your favourite colour is because you've been brainwashed by marketing and advertising over the years. When you've been growing up, you probably had a Barbie doll or Barbie things which are all bright pink. Um, I don't know, other sort of icons like Lady Penelope from Thunderbirds and her pink car, that sort of stuff. Oh my gosh, I would love to be Lady Penelope. Yeah, so... Um, these are things girls have all been told they've got to have everything pink and I find it appalling walking into shops with toys in and things and just see a whole row of absolutely everything pink and then when you're older they try and sell you a pink telephone a pink laptop and all these other things and um, I just find that really annoying to me Um, it's a nice colour I don't mind people wearing cut pink I've got a pink shirt, actually. I haven't got one on today, but, um, you know, I wear pink as well. But uh, it just seems to me this whole thing about marketing and branding to make it all girl colour. Everything's got to be pink if you're a girl. I challenge that by saying, what do teenagers or anyone, what does anyone say is their favourite thing that hasn't been marketized and told them that they should like that? Uh, I'm not sure I quite get what you're saying, but... Um, yeah, of course, you don't have to go along with it. In fact, if you're the rebellious type, you'll say, oh, everyone's wearing pink. I'm going to wear orange or brown or green or something. Um, but it's just that there is this sort of thing which seems to be, you know, saying you're a girl, you have to buy something It's pink and your parents have got to buy you every single toy has got to be pink. I definitely see where you're coming from. And I definitely agree that there is a lot of marketising techniques that tell you that pink should be a girl's favorite color Mm. however there are many people that really don't like the color pink like i go to a girl's school and i know that not every single girl in my school likes the color pink well i wouldn't expect them to but they might feel they're a bit left out because they don't like pink and everybody else likes pink so they must be odd and they must be you know odd ones out in some way yeah Mm. okay We have, since you're talking about marketising and, you know... There's no such word as marketising. I think you just made that up. Marketing. Marketing. Oh, I do (laughs) Um, (laughs) apologise. So we were talking about pink, the colour pink, and how marketising has um, brainwashed us into thinking that pink is a very girly colour. We would like to know what you think. You could Facebook us on RV The Generation Gap or Twitter, tweet us at, at RV Gen Gap. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, you've invented that word again, marketising. I'll remember that one now. It's a good one. See if we can get it in, 
in the Oxford English Dictionary. That's always a test if you keep using it and using it over and over I'm again. I'm sure it's a word. Marketizing? We'll have to look into that. I don't think that's a real word, but you've made it up. It's a good one. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, um, pink. Yes, we've spoke about pink. And of course, there are other colours. Obviously, uh, boys are told that they must like blue. I'm not sure whether that always works. It's not marketed in quite the same way. Um, but the colour I'd like to talk about is purple. Shall I tell you a story about purple? I think you shall. Yes. Now, last year, uh, in the summer, I was actually looking for a new backpack, um, a little one to carry around with me. Um, and I went to one of those shops that sells all those things. There were hundreds of them, different sizes, different colours. And I eventually decided I'd like um, one quite small one. And there was a choice of colours. And one was blue, which was very nice. And one was purple. And I thought, actually, I really quite like that purple one. And so I spoke to one of the assistants there and I said, oh, um, I think I'll take this purple one. And he looked at me very strangely and he said, oh, I don't think you want that one. I said, oh, I do. It's a very nice colour. Oh, no, he said, that's for women. It's, I mean, it was a slightly different design, I have to say. So I said, oh, is there a man's one in purple? And he looked at me even more strangely. He said, oh, no, 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 don't do them in purple for men. And this was when I suddenly realised that the marketing people have obviously started working on another colour. And I was looked around the shop and noticed there's lots of um, like coats and all the coats for women were in different colours, including purple. On the men's side, there were blue ones, there were black ones, but there was no purple ones. So I think what they're doing now is they've absolutely completely flooded the market with pink things and they're now going to start moving things in purple for you. So uh, how, what do you think about that? I rather like the pink. I think pink should stay. I don't, I'm not, not, not liking the whole transition into purple, to be honest. Well, I don't know if it'd be transition. I mean, if there are people wanting to sell you stuff, they've sold you everything in pink. Now they'll sell you a whole other set of them in purple. That's probably what they're up to. Hmm. I must have a word with these marketing people. Absolutely. Well... I'm going to resist it. I'm going to keep on wearing purple things like I am actually now as well. But you can't see that because this is the radio. The thing is, <laughs> now, obviously, purple is very much associated with artists like Justin Bieber. And that has very, very mixed reviews. Therefore, you know, the marketing people might have a bit a way to go with that. Okay, um, I have no idea what that is about, but you can explain <laughs> to me sometime later. Okay. Um. One of the things I was going to mention about pink was I did see an article recently which kind of contradicts everything I said earlier. Um, and there was a number of sort of very powerful women in the world who are taking to dressing in very smart sort of pink suits. And I remember seeing a picture. One of them was uh, Christine Lagarde, who is the head of the International Monetary Fund. So pretty powerful. And she was um, wandering around in this incredible sort of pastel pink suit, uh, surrounded, of course, by lots of men in grey suits. So I suppose she stood out even more from that. That does sound amazing. I would love to be able to do that one day. Yeah, well, of course, she's French, so she can probably get away with that sort of thing anyway. However, that also reminds me of something like Legally Blonde. Because um, in Legally Blonde, um, Reese Witherspoon just kind of waltzes around in a pink suit around all these lawyers in grey suits. I don't remember. She, I didn't remember she was wearing pink. Yes, of course. I mean, the, the sort of joke there, of course, is that she was blonde and that's assuming she's dumb. And therefore, but then she actually trained up to be a lawyer and beat hell out of everybody in the legal terms. Yeah, <laughs> therefore, I think what we're trying to say is stereotypes are definitely not 
to be taken to heart. Yes. Okay. That, I think that's a fair point. Yes. Yes. Just because you're coming in wearing pink, I won't assume that you've been brainwashed by the marketing people. Yes. Not that you're wearing pink today, so that's all right. Well, you know, <laughs> some people might be very surprised because I'm usually all in pink always. We have been talking about per- pink and purple earlier. And remember, if you ever want to get involved in our discussions, you can Facebook us on RV The Generation Gap or tweet us at RV Gen Gap. Right, absolutely. Um, and now we're going to move on to television. Television. Now, um, we're talking obviously about generations. And when I was little, I mean really little, we had television, amazingly. You know, we weren't living in caves then, by the way. Um, but we had two television channels, and they're both in black and white. And so you had, you used to have this phrase, like you talk about what was on the other side, because there was just literally two television channels. And um, now there's quite a few more of that, and I wonder if that's made a real difference to us. I don't know. I'm really, um, I don't know, um, undecided about television channels, because you have like a zillion of them now, and you don't really use any of them. You just use one or two, like... Yeah, quite probably, yes. I mean, I think, but you know, it was quite a revelation when suddenly we had a third television channel started up. Um, And also, I think it's important to mention they weren't 24 hours in those days. You actually only had them on for a few hours in the day. And for example, obviously, as a child, there was children's television programmes, which were on in the sort of afternoon um, and perhaps Saturday mornings. Um, But we didn't have breakfast television and television closed down, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. That was it. That is actually amazing. I... I mean, television is quite a big part of society today, and I just don't know how that could have worked. I, I think there's lots of things like that. You just can't really imagine how it was. Um, obviously, it wasn't quite so important. I mean, radio was still very important in those days. Everyone actually gathered around the radio set to listen to programmes. Uh, in a way, now people sit in front of televisions. Except, of course, now people don't sit in front of televisions. People watch television on their iPads and on their computers and at any time download it. It's not when it's actually being broadcast. So we've moved on even from an era of lots of television channels to something beyond that. Yeah, I cannot imagine life without telephone. Television. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, like, you can watch TV on television, on your on your phone. Yes, I see. uh, Yeah, that's right. A bit small Um, screen then, isn't it? Yeah, but still, you know. Well, basically, (laughs) it's on demand now. In those days, you'd had you know ten hours a day of television, and when something was going to be broadcast at eight o'clock at night, you had to watch it eight o'clock at night. That was it. And if you missed it, you missed it. You couldn't get it from anywhere else. It wasn't there. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't amazing. It was um, just the technology of the day. <laughs> that, and it wasn't actually that long ago, wasn't it? Well, I think, um, I can't remember the exact time scales, but for example, I think BBC Two started in the 1960s sometime. And then, of course, they were all black and white until the 1970s when we had the first colour things. And in those days, you had some colour programmes and some black and white programmes because they couldn't make everything in colour. Well, that's still, I make that still 40... 50-ish years ago. It's 40 years or so, yes. Yeah. And it's just amazing how people work to um, get technology up to a high standard and to this sort of standard where everything can be done from anything. 
absolutely well and it's also um things like i remember um somebody else at school with his father basically invented a device uh he worked for the bbc and he invented this electronics uh, system which translated american television system into british television system because they were actually different you couldn't like take a television from one place to the other and so there were american programs they had to feed them into this gadget and it was actually like a big wardrobe full of equipment you know flashing lights and things to make this work um, and nowadays uh, as you say you can probably get a program american or anything else just on your tablet on your phone um, and just watch it in in those days, and this was probably the 1970s, they had to invent this great big um, electronic device to actually translate the tra- the way the um, pictures turned up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I think it's amazing <laughs> that there are smart people like that on the planet, and they can do anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. And, and, you know, getting pictures from America or even from Paris or something was actually quite a big achievement. And uh, that was the sort of thing that now we just take for granted, isn't it? Yes, we do. And, right, talking a bit earlier about television. And um, one of the things that I think is that uh, I've experienced lots of things uh, that have happened in the world through television in a way that obviously we couldn't in the past. Um, and I'm thinking about various things. One of the biggest things that ever happened, I think, during my lifetime was uh, men landing on the moon. And we did actually watch that live um, at home. I, I remember we had to get up quite early in the morning. I think it was about four or five o'clock in the morning here. And there were little sort of grainy black and white pictures coming from the moon, from the uh, spacecraft that landed. And we saw uh, Neil Armstrong coming down the steps and putting his foot on the moon. That was really very exciting. I mean, now you can see that as a little video clip on YouTube or something. You just think, hey, so what? Um, but it was fantastic at the time. I mean, everyone in the world was pretty much hooked on this and wanting to know what's happened and have they got there. And uh, then able to watch it live was absolutely amazing. Was this like the first ever big live event that happened on TV? Well, I don't think so. I mean, obviously there's things that have gone on. I mean, in this country, um, the thing that really got people buying television sets in the first place was actually the royal um, or the coronation back in, I think, 1953. Oh, yes, the royal family. That's right. And basically, uh, you know, that, that was televised and people all went out to buy televisions just to do that. And people uh, are quite expensive at the time, so people bought television. Maybe one or two people in the street had one, and everybody just crowded in everyone's living rooms watching the the coronation. Um, and actually, a few years ago, they showed it all again because they'd obviously recorded it. And w- what I remember was it happened in June, and being England, London, the Queen was basically coming out in a procession, obviously um, after the coronation, and it snowed <gasps> in June. In June. Yep. No. And that's when she got her reputation for causing strange weather events. Um, I remember someone told me she went to Saudi Arabia once and they hadn't rained there for seven years. And as soon as she got there, it poured with rain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I wonder if that's a positive or negative sign. I don't know. It just shows the power she has as queen. (laughs) Spooky. Um, Yeah, well, talking about live TV, that influences me as well. since we're talking about generations because Mm. I don't have to go to a music gig for example I don't have to go see a probably live anymore I can just get somebody to record stuff 
Right. Um, yes, of course. I mean, the, the big things like Glastonbury nowadays, I mean, the BBC goes bananas and has sort of six channels of Glastonbury on every stage and it's on for several days and you can watch hundreds and hundreds of gigs all in one go if you want to. Yeah. And it's just it's just great because I, I can just sit at home. I don't have to get dirty. I don't have to spend money for travels or anything. Right, but that's perhaps that's perhaps that's one of the other things. Then, I mean, um, in your generation, you're much more likely to sort of stay at home and contact people, you know, over Facebook or whatever, and um, rather than going out and meeting them. So perhaps that's different. I mean, you must also do that, but it perhaps is different. And obviously, you can have friends who are all over the world and chat to them just like they're living around the corner. Yeah, it's that is another big development in society that social media has kind of taken over. And taking over our lives, making us stay at home. Yeah, I mean, I have a friend, for example, I know their family live in Australia. And they told me they literally, every Sunday afternoon, there's sort of a time when they actually chat on Skype. And uh, they sort of sit down and all chat to each other. And of course, you know, you just couldn't have done that a long time. Well, not till very recently, really. I mean, you could phone them, but phone calls then cost a fortune. And you'd only do it on special occasions. You'd phone up people in Australia. So, you know. Yeah, that sounds that I mean, life back back in your generation. Oh, way back in the Stone Age, yes, absolutely. <laughs> sounds very, very, very boring. Sorry. Well, I think let me tell you one little story. We mentioned Australia. Um back in the nineteen sixties they had um a pla a scheme where you could go to um emigrate to Australia from England or Ireland and the people who did that paid ten pounds for the ticket to go on a boat, which or ship, I suppose I could call it, um, which sailed round to Australia. It took, I don't know, five or six weeks perhaps to get there. Um, and the Australians call these people the £10 poms. And there were thousands of people decided to basically, uh, you know, start a new life in Australia. Um, but when they went, you know, obviously everyone was at the dockside waving them off and it was like you expected never to see them again because they'd be sailing around the, halfway around the world go to Australia. That is incredible. Imagine that. That's what I'm saying. Without a phone, without anything, without any like connection, all you have is just a pen and a paper just to write a letter. And you never even know if that's going to get to the person. Well, yeah, you had letters. I mean, obviously you could phone them, but I say it was a really expensive thing. You'd sort of almost save up your money to make the phone call, that sort of thing. Um, and nowadays, of course, you could Skype them or speak to them or email them or message them, just like that, in a real-time conversation. Yeah. Fantastic. I think that's amazing. So um, we've been talking today about a number of things, and if you have um, any views on them and like to let us know, please do. Um, you can contact us via Twitter, which is RVGenGap, or our Facebook page, which is RV the Generation Gap. And um, so, yeah. Let us the have topics there. we have been discussing today. The topics today have been colours, particularly pink and purple. And we also started talking about television, which I guess we could probably talk about for ever and ever. We could start talking about favourite programmes and all sorts of stuff. Um, we'll leave those for another week, perhaps. So um, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us um, and I hope that you've um, had some thoughts about what we're saying and maybe you think, oh, yes, I agree with that. And I don't agree with that. It's 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. And I think it's time for us to say our goodbyes, Claudia. I think it is. I hope everyone is having a good Wednesday afternoon and we've been the Generation Gap Show and next up is Elsbeth and Tracks of Your Life. Right, okay, and we'll see you again next time.